Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm Michael. And I'm not. Welcome back to the podcast. We're continuing our deep dive into the Traitors US and it's beginning to heat up. It is indeed. We've also had a flurry of messages in after last week's episode in which I stupidly questioned whether America has peacocks. I can only offer a massive apology for my ignorance and I've been reliably informed by many people not only do they have peacocks, but they have cocks of almost every single variety. And some of them end up being president. <laughs> a bit early for some biting political satire there for you, David. But hey-ho, shall we get on with it? I thought you'd never ask. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So, we left last week's episode not knowing whether Brandy, Michael, or Bam were going to be murdered. We went into breakfast and Bam was murdered, but I couldn't tell you who Bam was in the first place. <laughs> Do you know what? I was looking at my notes and I thought, oh, my computer's autocorrected. It keeps on saying BAM all the time. Who's BAM? <laughs> no idea. I, can't remember. I now remember BAM had a beanie and Christian sat next to him because they were like the beanie crew. The beanie boys. The beanie boys. Did you remember beanie babies? Did you, have, oh, yes. did, you, did you collect beanie babies? Actually, Christian looks a bit like a beanie baby. <laughs> he does. Just as irritating. Um, so before we found out Bam was dead, Asra sat there and told everyone that her strategy was to sit there quietly and lay low, letting everyone else make themselves targets. Do you think that's a good idea to just sit there and do nothing? You do, I, that's what you did in a bake-off tent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's a quite a good strategy, but not to do nothing. I do think that at the start, you get a target on your back if you're too loud. I mean, look, Reza, he like straight away got a target on his back because he was too loud. And Christian is being an idiot and doing that as well. But I think laying too low makes you look guilty. I also think there's a sweet spot. Like if you're, if you're kind of loud and you're arousing some suspicions that keeps you safe from the traitors because they're just like, cool, we'll use you to deflect suspicion. But then you're not too loud that you're annoying people and making yourself look like a traitor. Yeah, because Bam also definitely went just because he was boring and nothing. Well, I like he was just too quiet. Neither of us knew what he looked like. But people who do know who they look like, Cody, walked in looking extremely guilty. Yeah, but he was wearing a fleece-lined denim jacket, which looked it amazing. Look very, it looked like he could perhaps go into a field and like herd some sheep. But I don't know why that's quite attractive, but it is. Oh, see, to me, it was Brokeback Mountain. I've never seen that film. Really? It's about gays in a tent, right? Yeah, basically. That's it. <laughs> that's the, that's the, the tagline. In, Brokeback Mountain, gays in a, in a tent. In a fleece-lined denim jacket. <laughs> it's basically you and Cody. You could reenact it. I'd like him to keep me warm at night, for sure. I don't actually like camping. I feel like we built the indoors to get away from the outdoors, and I don't know why we keep going back. I know your thoughts on the outdoors, Michael. And also sand. <laughs> oh, gross. Anyway, so a little birdie told us that the way they film this is that everyone gets put into holding at the end of the night. So they finish... Their, their kind of suspicions and they all pretend that they're going to go to bed and they all get put in separate rooms for a couple of hours while the traitors go and film their traitors bit and then the following morning they then have to all arrive at the castle everybody including the murdered person quite early and sit and holding while they do all the kind of diary room bits so maybe cody's exhausted maybe he looks suspicious because he's just drained 
he's awake all night. I think it must be quite tiring for the traitors in general. Right. But I would have thought they would also get the best night's sleep because they know what's happening. They know what's yeah, perhaps. morning. Am I contradicting myself? I, th- I think in general, these people are not going to be sleeping well, any of no. them. No, that's true. Especially not Rachel, who just seems to be on the offensive at all times. Just be scheming, plotting. There's something about Rachel that I'm finding really irritating in this show. Oh, I don't think I've had enough exposure to her yet. I know there's there's definitely, I think Cody's mentioned the fact that she's quite irritating because they were on a show together. And maybe that's they? why I think she's irritating because I just believe everything Cody says. Yeah. I'm loving the fact that people are calling Brandy Brandy. But I think that's, maybe that's what she calls herself, doesn't she? Brandy. I also loved Rachel in the breakfast being like, I don't think we should go after just one person. And then Kate goes, I do. And just looks <laughs> her in the eyes. Like, come on, fight. That's going to become a thing, I think. Rachel versus Kate. And I'm ready to watch it. Yeah, because they're both quite, dominant people out there in a group yeah um christian trying to be dominant but doesn't quite work he's like a puppy dog oh my goodness christian just shut up like he basically talks about this strategy he has and then just goes into a room and just talks yeah he i think he just gets carried away gets too excited he needs to be more like hey siri and be sitting there quietly yeah i think he thinks he basically thinks that his job is to like manipulate and to kind of control things. It's like that becomes very clear when you're doing that. Like you can sit back and let people have conversations. You don't have to try and direct it and like push the conversation. You don't always around. have to be in charge. Sometimes it's nice to sit back and just let someone else take control for once. Oh, do you know what? Also, I have only just heard the dollars thing. I know you dollars. talked about this in episode one, but then I missed it all through episode two. And now I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it every uh, single at, time. At the end of this week's episode, they have a collective prize pot of $75,000. <laughs> and you're right. It's not like, it's not Scottish. It's not American. Like, where is this from? From his own brain. So the task this week, they were split in half, lucky things. Half of the group had to go and ring some bells in the church along to like popular songs. And the other half had to listen to the church's bell identify the songs then go into the house find a music box from the plethora of music boxes that was playing that specific song then in that music box was like a little spinning thing it's normally a ballerina but in this it could have been anything from like ballet shoes to like a bust or whatever not a fun bust just a a man's head Um, and then they had to find that bust or that ballet shoe prop and deliver that to alan there was like one step too many i thought in this task I still quite liked it, though. I liked how difficult it is to ring bells or difficult it is to to be the person who is actually doing the telling them what bell to ring at each time. Yeah, I suppose. Like, that's a tough part of the challenge. Yeah, I think it's more hard to have to do four or five different steps within a time limit. Yeah. I, I love that when all the girls listening, they pulled their hair back over their over their head so that their ears were, could hear better. It's like when you're in the car, right? And you like turn down the music so that you can see better when you're reversing. It's very much that vibe. Did you also notice Alan's outfit? He had like, they weren't fingerless gloves. They were like gloveless fingers. <laughs> yes, I was thinking the same thing. It's like he'd got five-year-old gloves and tried to squeeze them onto his hands. He's like they left his entire palm exposed, but his fingers were covered. Why would you use those gloves? Are they for like horse riding or something? I don't know. Someone tell us why you would have half gloves. And who needs to have a gloveless finger? I also enjoyed Alan running around, making fun of all of them running around because all these reality stars will not not wear heels. So they're all completely inappropriately dressed. See the saggy gusset from last week. (laughs) And Alan's just reading them for running in heels like, careful! (laughs) That's how he says it. Okay, talk about Scotland. Michael... I think it was Michael that said this. What do you think, Michael? Our our Michael resident, Scott. All of Scotland is musty and cold. Can you say it how Michael would have said it? Oh, oh. 
all of Scotland is musty and cold. That was really good. Well, Thanks. I think it was good. <laughs> it might not be me, Michael, that said it, to be honest. It probably was someone else. It was probably Kyle or someone. I don't I don't, I don't agree. It's not musty. No, it's not at all. It's... I mean, a castle might be musty, but that's not all of Scotland. And that castle's not got any original furniture in it. That's all come from Ikea, so it's not got any must about it. Maybe. You know when people travel and then they say they've done London because they've spent one day? By people Maybe... you mean... Americans. They tend to do it, yeah. Uh, Australians. <laughs> Sorry, Americans. Maybe Michael, his whole experience of Scotland is just this castle. Or he's been to Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Maybe Edinburgh. Maybe he's been to... I think Michael's been to Edinburgh uh, before. <laughs> so they have like the task and then they all kind of stop and they start having a discussion on an important... An, ooh, an important pot point. An important... Important. Important... Plot. plot point. That's quite hard to say. An, an important plot point happens where Brandy, 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 and Kate are sat kind of opposite each other on a bar. And for some reason, they get out a piece of paper and start writing down people's names and being like, Do we think this person's a traitor? No. Is this do in the task? No, this is just after the task. Oh, right. It's an important plot point, David. Please pay attention. So they write down Shelby and Amanda's names. And then elsewhere, Brandy mentions that she's got Christian and Hey Siri in her sights. So she's named two of the three traitors, which is risky. So Brandy, Brandy is clearly beginning to cotton on to everything that's going on. But it must be quite hard to do because no one else is doing it. Do you think that when it seems that Brandy and Kate seem to be quite on it, but they're not holding back with like going out and accusing people, mm. that's not really necessarily a very good thing to do at this stage. No, it's perhaps... But then I don't know, it, it protects you from the traitors. Because it's because if the traitors get rid of you, then it's like very clear that they're going for the ones that they were naming, basically. Yeah, the, the game is protecting yourself from the traitors as well as protecting yourself from the faithfuls. Like it's an interesting dichotomy. Uh, they get to the round table where the collective cash pot is $75,000. And I find myself rooting for Kate in this. I mean, everyone's going after her. And she's obviously being purposefully difficult, but I'm, I'm really rooting for her. Are oh, yeah. you, are you me saying? Too. Me too, completely, yeah. It's really interesting and it's quite an aggressive round table. They're all like yelling at each other. They're all like properly taking it personally. And luckily Cody and his jawline are there to just break things up every so often. And Christian stays quiet for most of it. He did have to talk in the end. It's like, shut up, Christian. But at the start, he did quite well, was quiet. Brandy names Christian at the table as being a traitor. She says she thinks he's a traitor, but she doesn't name Siri. I can't say the H. E-Y-S-I-R-I -I anymore because we tried to record this section about four times and my S-I-R-I -I keeps getting involved. So she is Siri. She is Siri from now on. K-Siri, Sarah. Um, but it's interesting she doesn't mention Siri. I don't know. Siri. God, oh, every, I'm, I'm nervous. Every single time I say that word, you Alex got twitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. But then also, if you mention two people at once, if you're because the thing with the round table, it definitely at the start seems to be kind of these pylons. Mm. Like she was probably hoping that people, enough people would then go after Christian. If she kind of splits sure. her vote between two, it's probably not a good idea. I also enjoyed Kyle saying this is going to divulge into chaos if we keep talking over each other, which doesn't make any sense. That's not what divulge means. I think he <laughs> means descend. But the irony of him trying to take control and be like, authoritative male and not having the right words was kind of delicious to me somehow. yeah i don't particularly like kyle i find his his being annoying and his haircut annoying but he is although he's saying it incorrectly he's actually starting to kind of 
bring up some important points to people where it's like, stop, we're just doing the same thing where we're just going after, and like the traitors are just facilitating this. Like they're enjoying us all just like jumping after but then a couple when he of says, people. We need to go after those people who are quiet and it cuts to Azra and her <laughs> eyes basically leave her brain. She's like, oh God, that's me. Um, and I think Stephanie is going to go far. I think she's from Survivor or something. Um, but Stephanie's beginning to like start mm. to be quite astute and I quite like her. And I must finally say before we get on to the banishment, that Cody's talking heads are clearly from the next day, like reflecting on this day. And he's wearing a lovely white granddad collar shirt with like a check blazer, like a Burberry-ish. Mm, I don't think I did notice that. I'll actually. show you a picture after. So the votes around the table, Kate gets three votes, Michael gets six votes, and Brandy gets eight votes. So Brandy is banished, which is quite a big name to lose in that three. Yeah, is Michael just always going to be up for elimination basically every single Hopefully, time? Hopefully until he goes, yeah, that would be, <laughs> be the goal. But Brandy has an amazing parting gift from like the truth circle or whatever it's called, where she basically says, the chaos that happened tonight really came from Michael, which is true, that's where it happened from. And then she walks off and there's a brief pause and she goes idiots from like from like behind the set to hear it yes do you know what i do think that with this us one maybe it's something they tweaked for the uk one but the uk one once you stand up and say okay it's me i am either faithful or traitor you shouldn't really be allowed to continue saying things about what you think but i want them to the idiots is an iconic moment of i kind of want brandy to but I want be... Kate to. When, if Kate gets banished, I need her to shout something as well. I don't want Michael to speak any more than he has to, though. <laughs> right. Okay. Before we finish this section, there is more drama from that Yes, important... I was not expecting this drama. That important pot point that happened earlier. <laughs> so Kate, in standing up after the round table, drops a piece of paper. I just got goosebumps and I was the one saying it. So she drops the piece of paper that she was writing on with Brandy and Stephanie sees it and Stephanie gets it and sees the names Shelby and Amanda on a piece of paper, and she's like, oh my God, Kate is planning to murder these people. It does actually say, doesn't it say murder at the top? It does say murder on it as well. So they they weren't doing very (laughs) stealthy, (laughs) stealthy work. I shouldn't even put it in a pocket. It didn't fall out of a pocket. It fell out of her folded shawl or something. She wasn't doing very well. She She wasn't hiding it. You wouldn't want her to be a spy, would you? No, but Stephanie's got it. And what will happen next, we will see. Dun, dun, dun. Now, before we go into my favourite part of the podcast, shall we do a little tease? Depends how you're teasing, David, and what with. Well, for our lovely friends over on our OnlyFans, we have an exclusive. They have already seen you in your jockstrap, David. That's hardly an exclusive. Everyone's seen that. No, I'm talking about the bonus episode we just recorded, where we're reviewing Bake Off's 2020 festive special with the lovely Nancy, Rahul, and our very own Elena and Henry. Yes, we did do that. And for the price of a coffee, you can put it into your ears or wherever else you want to put it. It's up to you. As well as loads of other bits and bobs, just pop over to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. Right, on to the taste test. This one comes from Cheryl, who says that pizza is best eaten the morning after. I don't think that one's particularly controversial, is it? I mean, we'll do it anyway. You know the drill. Should Cheryl be sent to jail? Right, we'll see you after these. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, it's us interrupting us to promote us. If you'd like to support us, you can join our Patreon. It's called our OnlyFans and you will get this. Okay, I'll see you never then. Well, <laughs> you don't exist then. Well, like, goodbye forever. And a bit of this. Devin and Con will argue about where to put the cream. Mm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit of that. I don't want any part of me to be needed. Hey, what about this? This sounds like quite concerning. Do the police know about this? Why, the it's statute of limitations. It's It's <laughs> Yeah, we don't actually know what's being put in there. Hopefully it was all really good stuff and now you want to join us. How much does it cost, David? It costs about the same price as a cup of coffee each month. Just have one less coffee and have loads of extra content over at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bun boys. <laughs> so, Michael, after you've removed all of your toppings from your pizza... But I forgot you knew I did that. Yeah. And you've got one slice left and you've put it in the fridge. Is that a good breakfast? Do you know what's easy? One slice left, please. I <laughs> eat the entire thing. But it's actually easier to remove the toppings when it's cold. So I'd leave oh, toppings yeah. on it and then I would let it go cold. I love a cold pizza morning. I don't mind it, but I'm like you, very ready. Pizza's one of those things that no matter how much pizza's in front of me, I will keep on stuffing it into my mouth. So I don't really have very much left over. You just love putting things in your mouth, don't you? Stuffing. <laughs> stuffing it in. Um, You've the... quite a small mouth as well, actually. So it'd be quite hard to get all I of know, it You in. know when you get like your credit card, mm. I can't actually put it in my mouth, like widthways between my teeth. Yeah, very restrictive jaw, don't Most you? people can't. Do you yeah. have to unhinge it? Can you unhinge your jaw? Uh, some people can't. I think you just made a horrible can. noise when you did that. I don't think I, don't think I can. Try again? <laughs> no. I don't think his, you can. His mouth's smaller than the mic. I don't know if I can put the whole mic in my mouth. You could definitely put the whole mic try? in your mouth. Go, go oh, for it. Producer Mark is like, no, no, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and if you didn't have a muff there. Oh, the muff's gone all wet. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's actually a bit furry. So, <laughs> I got it all over my tongue. <laughs> Michael was struggling enough for today. Now he's got a muffy mouth. Got a wet muff and a, and a furry mouth. <laughs> 
I always wonder where the innuendo or the title is going to come from. And it turns out it's just from sticking an entire microphone into my mouth. <laughs> this, by the way, everyone, this is quite a big microphone, I have to say. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Lots of practice. I do my stretches almost weekly. Right. Back to the pizza, Michael. Sometimes do bi-weekly. You, if you had it in the morning, do you put it in the microwave, though? Or do you eat it actually oh, no, cold? cold? It needs to be cold. Oh, so I don't think I Are would like that. Are you eating your pizza? I don't have any. I've ne- I haven't had cold pizza for such a long time. I, when I was at university... I would have, yeah, cold pizza, absolutely. You don't want, like, if you've got an oven-bought pizza and it's gone cold, into the bin. That one's gone. There's something about, like, pizza shop grease that, like, congeals and goes hard. Oh, it's lovely. Tell you what, Ah. next podcast record, I'll buy a pizza and I'll let it go cold overnight. We can have it in the morning. And we'll invite you around, Cheryl, because you're not in jail. (laughs) Okay, so on to the inbox. Katie, I love the inbox. The inbox is good. Oh, it's literally my favourite. Right, this is from Katie. Hi, I absolutely loved your season. A moment that has stuck with me since the episode aired was when Michael was struggling through a technical. Which there one? Was... <laughs> <laughs> there was five minutes left and he said, obviously not the one where you were actually having a full-on panic attack because you were still speaking in this one. <laughs> I can do anything for five minutes. So simple, but it really hit home for me. And I routinely now say this to myself during a hard day with patients. I'm a nurse practitioner. A hard workout or any difficult moment in life. It's a nice reminder that we're stronger than we think. Thanks for the inspirational moment. I love the podcast. You know what? That phrase actually came from Noel. Oh, so did in it? the episode that I was having the massive panic attack, I don't know whether it's this episode or not, but Noel came over and was just like, do you want to leave? Do you want to go out of the tent? And I was like, no, I need to carry on. Because if I go away, I won't be able to come back into the building. The building. It's a tent. Um, and he was like, okay. Well, then you can do anything for one minute and you can do anything for five minutes. So just break it into those things. And then he kind of coached me through that. So that came from Noel. And I still use it now. Yeah, it's such a good one because I read this when it came into the inbox because I'd forgotten you said this on the show. And when I'm running now, because you know when you're running and you find it tough, often it's just like a little bit you have to get through and so i was thinking this exact thing i can do this for five minutes yeah i mean actually after a minute i was still really tired but but i still break things down into fives so when i'm running if it's 15 minutes to go i'm like well i can do it for five minutes and then it's just two more five minutes is if that makes sense yes like it's weird yeah. but yeah came from noel so thank you katie i'll accept at least 50 percent of the praise but <laughs> some of it should go to mr what's his surname fielding and we all know how to get through life five minutes at a time okay james has got some quick would you rathers okay would you rather eat a whole jar of mayonnaise or a whole block of butter? Mayonnaise. Butter Rahul, is gross. Rahul would do a whole block of butter. We will talk about that. We talked what? about that on that review that we did. Would you rather give up cheese forever or give up chocolate forever? Chocolate. I'd give it up. I don't have a sweet tooth. Uh, I would do cheese, but I like dark chocolate. Mm. Would you rather give up sugar forever or salt forever? Sugar. Sugar, 100%. I'm not having un- unsalted chips. Oh, and no, I mean like you. potato, not potato. What do they call them in America? Crisps. Uh, fries. Fries, yeah. Would you rather... Eat fish that tasted like ice cream or ice cream that tasted like fish. Is this once or forever? I think forever. Let's say ever. Oh, ever? Oh, Christ. I think I'd want to eat fish that tastes like ice cream because even though that texture is going to be off. Yeah. Like the texture of ice cream tasting fishy would give me the ick. Yeah, I think that's a really obvious one. You know when you get the tuna juice? Maybe you make ice cream. Tuna out, juice? The tuna juice sorbet. Actually, tuna juice sorbet would be quite nice. What but, is tuna juice? Oh, do you mean you the brine the, from, the, from the tin? Yeah, but you can get the spring water one so it's not too salty. Oh, so it'd be like a salted ice cream? Yeah, and it's actually really good for you. I was thinking more for our cats. A tuna oh, juice sure. sorbet for I was thinking about I don't me. want them. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. Okay, last one. Would you rather poop out of your mouth or have someone else poop in yours? Well, that took a turn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Love, for that, James. <laughs> nice easing us in with some food-based ones. Um, 
It always comes back to shit on this podcast. It's a real shame. Um, we talked about I... pooping out of your mouth because you vomit if you're too impacted in your bowels. That, you can yeah, vomit we're talking out about your mouth. Hannah. Yeah. yeah, I think I would. I think if it was only one time, I think I would rather someone else shut in my mouth. Do you know? I don't agree because you know when you fart and you like you like your own, but you actually enjoy the smell of your own. No, farts. I don't know that smell. Do you enjoy the smell and, of your own fart? Yeah, definitely. And if someone else farts, did you like, hear that? I lost absent... all the ability to say any consonants there because I was so shocked. Well, farts. <laughs> I don't think I like the smell of my farts. Uh, well, in general, I just don't mind. When I fart, I'm like, I actually want to smell them. So do, are you the kind of person that will fart and you'll leave the duvet down because you don't want... Yeah, I'll do the little cup. Keep... Do the little cup of like a tester. <gasps> taster. <laughs> but if someone else farts, it's the most disgusting thing in the world. So I reckon my poo probably tastes quite nice to me. That is disgusting. Can we cover this? Poo smells quite bad. It doesn't actually taste that bad. It just tastes bitter. Have you tried? Yeah, I've tried everything of my own. I've tried my own wee. I drank my own wee once. I just wanted to test it. I wee, honestly, doesn't, wee doesn't taste of anything either. I never know where we're going to go. And I I uh, tried Dreamies, you know, the cat treats. They don't taste of anything. I don't know why cats love them so you much. You need to stop putting things in your mouth, David. Like, this is awful. Right, we're going on to Maybe Mitchell that's now. why your jaw doesn't open that wide. It's because it's got like all these fucking bacteria in it that's built into like... The... You've eaten your own shit. It's good bacteria. Not like a whole bite, but yeah, I've tasted it. How? Like a little lick? Yeah, just like a little... Stop <laughs> stop mining. <laughs> I, I don't want to, to see your hand go anywhere near there again. Than a lick. Does Nick know this? I don't know. It wasn't. It was before Nick. It's too late now, isn't it's, it? It's definitely before Nick. <laughs> well, right, we're moving on to Mitchell. Stop embarrassing me. Fucking hell, David. Please, can we just move on? Right. <laughs> I'm exhausted. You drain me. This is Mitchell. Okay, Mitchell. Mitchell sounds like a very American name. Before we think about Mitchell, I'm just trying to think what else you might have eaten that I don't know about. <laughs> I'm going to compile a list. I'll compile a list and bring it to the next inbox time. <laughs> okay, Mitchell, I'm presuming he's American because no one in the UK is called Mitchell. I think, I think. It's, it's quite a hot name, actually, Mitchell. Yeah, it's kind of like Cody. Uh, um, Sean Cody. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that and, was for very, a very specific subset of our listeners, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And other people can just look it up and Producer Alex, out. I'll let you Google it later. Did, to, hang on. Let me just quickly, quick pause find while him, I find, find good, an image of Sean Cody. And I'm just going to show it to find Alex. Find him a good one. And then I want... A one-word response. Producer Alex, are you ready? Which one is he? <laughs> Which one is he? <laughs> That's all we needed to know. <laughs> That's all we needed to know. We'll move on. Right, Mitchell, on the latest Sean Cody model. Hello, boys. And a particular hello to Michael. Oh. My fellow tasty morsel still on the shelf and looking for love. Well, Mitchell, you could be in luck. <laughs> My story isn't my worst dating story, and maybe not in my top five, but I did find it cringeworthy. Last year was a big swiping year for me, and one week I swiped right on a real handsome Hulk. Did I was... you say Hulk or Hunk? Yeah, Hulk just means massive, doesn't it? Just means it? green and angry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it might have been a, yeah, the handsome Hulk. <laughs> I was very surprised that we ended up on a date, as I thought he was a little out of my league. I love it when that happens. My first thought is that I'd been catfished, but when I arrived on our date, he looked just as good as his photos. Doesn't often happen. No. The date started out okay as we went for dinner, but when we went for drinks afterwards, things got a little weird. It seemed that my date knew a lot of people in the bar, as multiple people came up to him and spoke to him, or made comments as they walked past. Eventually, he admitted that he was a stripper, and all of these people must have seen him performing at a party. I was a little bit put out that I seemed to have been the only person in the bar who hadn't seen him naked, but then after inquiring further, I found out that most of them had done a lot more than looked. Mm. He was such a lovely guy, and very good looking, but I found this whole experience very weird. Am I wrong for not pursuing a second date? Yes. Next person. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I genuinely don't see the problem. No. 
Like, I can see the that... fact that the person that you're dating has had sex with other people before is obvious, no? So the thing I can see is I can see the feeling a bit funny maybe at the time and maybe even an hour afterwards, but after you've processed it for a bit, because it must be quite like knowing that someone's had sex is fine, but to have like 20 people walk up who have done it, uh, that's kind of a bit weird. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's, well, sex work is work, isn't it? But then I suppose, I suppose perhaps it's more the not knowing, like feeling like you're, you don't know what's happening on a first date. Perhaps that's the most uncomfortable part. Like, I think if that happened to me, I would feel a bit like almost left out and a bit like, what's happening? Why don't I know what's going on? Yeah, it also just seems like he's just actually jealous. And also, has people, this like... date taken him to like the bar where he strips? Why, <laughs> why are there so many people <laughs> coming up to them? I guess it could have been... Uh, like, no party. stripper is that prolific that in any bar they go into. Yeah, I don't think... I agree with you though. I think that if you've processed it for a little bit, it's not that weird because apart from anything else, this person is a stripper. Like, That's it's not job. like they've had a relationship with all these people. Right. They probably don't care about these people at all in the same way that we don't in all our jobs, the people you come across. So it's kind of... I, I also don't know what kind of stripper they are. Like It could just be that they get naked helicopter a bit and then that's the end or it could be that they have sex with these people well like, it we says after the inquiring find i've done a lot more than looked touched yeah touched or like you put it in their mouth yeah uh, <laughs> just to see what it tastes like um <laughs> i think i would rather the date had told me before we went on the first date but then it's hard to come up i don't know yeah I or maybe like... said maybe said a bit earlier but i don't think it's that much of an issue no i think it's fine i think you are wrong for not pursuing a second date but perhaps you could date me there we go <laughs> next person <laughs> okay the next one is anonymous very smart. Yes. I recently binged all the Sticky Bum Boys episodes and went searching for whatever else I could find that you'd done, leading me to discover David's episode on Michael's other podcast, Menkind. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Yes, Menkind will be returning shortly this year. Very exciting. And David did it. Yes, well, they just said it in it. David did the podcast. It was quite fun, actually. It's very good. It's very different from this podcast. It's a well, lot. It's, it's quite earnest. It's a, bit, it's a bit more serious. And I don't think Mark, my co-host on Menkind, has eaten his own shit. Although I, I will. <laughs> do you know what? I will ask him. And try and find out. But we're currently recording new episodes of it. It's lots of fun. It's basically about trying to work out what masculinity is and where it comes from. Because when I was on Bake Off and did all that crying, I got trolled loads on the internet. So we were interested to kind of work out, like, where does that come from? Why does my crying affect your masculinity? And, and basically kind of... every episode is with a guest and you get such interesting guests. We had Tim Minchin. That was fun. I was quite quiet during that episode because I didn't know what to say because I was so starstruck. <laughs> so if people who are listening to this podcast were going to go and listen to one episode, not mine, Michael, don't say it. <laughs> Whose would you go for? Tim's? I think Travis Alabanza is one of the best episodes Travis we did, Alabanza. like second or third episode we ever did. We did an episode with a comedian called Rosie Jones recently. And if you don't know who Rosie is, why not go and look her up? But she, I think she's going to be the first episode of this next season. And oh, she is amazing. Look at that. A perfect plug for the new season, Michael. Oh, I'm so good at plugging. <laughs> right. Ask any boys. I, I'm going to get on with Anonymous now. Um, this episode, as well as many of the sticky apps, were incredibly helpful, encouraging to me to hear at this juncture in my life. As a 29-year-old closeted queer man who grew up in a strongly evangelical Christian family, I've denied my sexuality. I knew from fairly early on, but denied that this could ever be part of me due to my religious upbringing and cultural expectations. This, among other things, has led to a lot of self-hatred, internalised homophobia, and has contributed to severe depression. Having moved away from Christianity and also now facing the end of a heterosexual marriage, I've been very glad and grateful to have resources such as your podcast to cling to at this time. I would be really interested to hear any advice or thoughts you may have for someone who is A, coming to terms with their sexual identity, and or B, in the process of doing so, finds themselves feeling very external to queer culture and communities. Wow. 
we've gone from you eating your own shit to this. Yeah, <laughs> this is it's quite a lovely serious. message. Thank you for sending that in, Anonymous. Um, it's quite similar to what happened to you when you came out. Yeah, I didn't get married. No, you didn't get married. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I was grew up in a very strongly evangelical Christian family and didn't come out to my parents till I was 30. And that same kind of thing. The, the problem is the self-hatred and the internalized homophobia kind of continues for a long time. And you have to, you can't just wait. I don't think time is enough. You've got to have some kind of therapy or yeah, you've got to really work on that kind of thing. There has to be like some sort of intervention that kind of makes you cross the threshold and the important thing i think the 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 one that i find quite interesting is where he talks about being external to queer culture and communities because i definitely felt that but i didn't because you've been yeah internalized homophobia for so long i didn't feel the pressure to suddenly try and act what i thought was gay or have to enjoy the things that people said like madonna and musicals blah blah, mm. blah. i thought the important thing is just to honestly find out what you do like and you'll find that some of those things fit perfectly with the queer communities yeah. probably um you don't have to fit into like it's a scene. broad church isn't it like th- those queer communities and like i think what helped me to kind of come to terms with that whole vibe and that whole idea we spoke about it a bit on the podcast before but i think those communities and the way they exist and the concept of camp in the uk and drag the drag culture all these things have come from a history of people trying to carve out their own space and so yes you might not want necessarily to do the same things as everybody else but they are part of the history of where we've come from. And like the fact that this person has been spending so much time trying to separate themselves from that, like it's hard to know how much of that is in them and how much of it is in the world around them and what they do and don't like. But I think it's important to go and be in those spaces at least and experience them because they are coming from the same place as he's coming from really. Find some friends, find some allies. That's the important thing. You've got to have a good support base. And coming to terms with sexual identity, like, we're all doing that for our entire lives. Like that's not something that's going to just, you're not going to be able to tick off that box. It's just something that you have to just keep acknowledging in yourself. Like when you think something about another gay person or a queer person or about yourself, you have to kind of acknowledge it and go, do I actually think that? Or is that just because that's what I thought I should think? And a lot of it is about forgiving yourself. And it sounds like this person might have quite a lot of forgiveness that they might need to kind of direct. Go and to therapy, th- please go to therapy, please go to therapy. And at 29 years old, don't think that you're too old and that you've got, like, there's people who come out in their 60s yeah. like, and don't think that you've wasted your life so far. Like, it's just all one long journey anyway. Yeah, you're going to be absolutely fine. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next week to discover who the traitors decide to bump off before breakfast. I always like to be bumped off before breakfast. (laughs) What does that even mean? I don't even know. Don't think about it too much. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Moving swiftly on. Please do keep sending in your stories, questions and thoughts. Our inbox is beginning to look a little bit sad and a little bit slow. So please do fill us up again over at stickybunboys at gmail.com. And if you want to give us some validation and keep us feeling good about ourselves, please rate and review us on your podcast apps. Oh, and subscribe to admin done we'll see you next week bye 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 ready for the boring bit let's go the sticky bun boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with love productions the great british bake-off or any of its subsidiaries all views and opinions are our own the great british bake-off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders very professional david in one breath (laughs) we're all just having a bit of fun aren't we (laughs) hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.